so easy to say and it's easy to, to tell you that you are more than enough for us. But if we're honest, it's not so easy. It's actually very difficult. Forgive us for holding on to things and, and caring about things more on this earth than we do about your work, about your kingdom, about your glory. God, we really want to mean these songs and we sing them to you. We want the words to be our prayer that, we, that, that you are more than enough, that you're my supply, you're my breath of life, and you're more awesome than anything. God, we pray in the service that you be glorified through our singing, through our, our prayer, through our reading of the word. God, that you are lifted up and you are magnified. And we pray this prayer in the name of your son. Amen. You can be seated. Well, this morning, since Matt is not here, he will not be preaching via satellite. But uh, we do have with us today from the convention, Mr. Gerald Farley. Gerald, uh, <clears throat> he goes about and speaking to churches and, and, and bringing the message of generosity. And, and people, when they hear the word generosity, they automatically think money. But that's not the case. There's much more when it comes to generosity. And so Gerald is going to be speaking to us today regarding that. So you'd all make him feel welcome, Gerald. Thank you all for allowing me to be here with you and for being a part of your service. I was here last week and uh, heard Matt uh, talk about uh, the All In series, and uh, I thought it was an incredible message. I thought he did a great job as he... Am I creating a problem? Okay, keep going. Um, as he talked about how do we, as believers, become all in. Several months ago, Matt and I had a chance to visit about this going to do, and we talked about all in, and as we began to talk about it, one of the things he asked me to do was to come and share with you uh, this piece of it and this part of that all-in message. Let me first of all thank you all for being a part of uh, the convention and the cooperative program. Uh, an interesting dynamic in our convention, we were the only state in the United States last year that had an increase in baptisms over the year before. That's what you did. That's because of what you and other churches like you have done. What an incredible thing to have more people come to know Jesus as a result of that. There's ministries that are happening on Native American um, reservations and in the community, in the Spanish community, over in the eastern part of the state. Uh, there's a number of dairies there, and those dairies, uh, we have people there that are leading worship services and leading people to Jesus who don't speak English. You're a part of that as you participate with us. So thank you as, you, uh, uh, as we all work together in that dynamic and that effort. Well, let me talk a little bit about the all-in and what that means. One of the things that's involved in being all-in is generosity. And I'm not talking about uh, just generosity in giving. That's what comes to mind first almost every time as we think about, okay, we need to be generous in our giving. And certainly that's part of it. But I think God calls on us to be generous in so many different ways. And why? 
the reason is we are imitators of God and the very nature of God is generosity. What he, who he is and how he interacts and deals with us as individuals, he does it on a very generous basis. And he expects us to do that. What differentiates between generosity and giving? I think the difference there is I can give, I can give reluctantly, I can give begrudgingly, I can give out of obligation, I can, I can give uh, sometimes uh, devoid of love, but I don't think that's true of generosity. When, we, when we're involved in dealing and giving out of generosity, that's a passion that is within our heart. Matt mentioned that last time. Now, how does that impact our lives? Generosity in what? I think it's generosity in the gospel. It is being generous with people and telling them about Jesus. I think that's a part of that. I think it's generosity in our forgiveness, in our patience, in our love, in our understanding, in our time that we're willing to invest in folks. It is amazing that Jesus showed us generosity in all of those areas. Think about for a second with me um, the kind of situations where Jesus was incredibly generous as he was here on, on this earth. The woman at the well. Do you remember that story? She came, and Jesus had an encounter with her, and he was incredibly generous with his second chances, with his forgiveness, with the gospel as he dealt with her. As he looked at her, he looked into her very soul. He said to her, you've had five husbands before, and you're not married to the man you're living with. And the bottom line is Jesus was generous in that situation. He was generous in the feeding of the 5,000. The loaves and the fishes, and he multiplies them, and everybody is satisfied. Now that is an incredible act of generosity. McDonald's wasn't close. They couldn't get there and do those kind of things. And so Jesus, in a generous way, fed everybody not just to take away the pangs of hunger, but because he wanted to have them be filled, is what the scripture tells us. One more. There's so many. I, I could give you dozens of them. You remember the fish, uh, the disciples were fishing one night, and they had spent the whole night fishing and caught nothing. And Jesus came along and said, Why don't you cast your net? to the other side of the boat. Now, I'm one of those guys that likes to put myself in that situation of where they were, where they are. And as I do that, and as I think about it, I thought about, what would I do if I were one of the disciples sitting in the boat? I would say to him, look, you don't know anything about fishing. We're experts. We do this for a living. We do this every day. We're not casting our net to the other side because that's, that's crazy. But they did. Now, I believe that they would have felt like Jesus had done an incredible work after fishing all night if they would have caught a normal day's amount of fish. 
But Jesus didn't do that. What did he do? He filled their nets to the point of breaking. That's an incredibly abundant generosity. And that's the kind of nature that God calls us to do and he wants us to be a part of. For me, it is wonderful to know that the gift of giving, the gift of generosity in all of these areas of gospel and love and all that comes from him. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come out of my nature. It comes out of his nature and who he is. I think he puts that springboard of generosity in all people. It's in the nature of who we are as people. As it, it, our world keeps us sometimes from letting that expand and being seen and tells us we ought to give, tells us how we ought to spend our time, tells us what we ought to be doing with all the things that we have. But we see it raise its hand, that generosity, raise its head periodically in our world among unbelievers as well as believers. Can you think of some times when we've had an incredible act of generosity in our country? One recently was Sandy, the Hurricane Sandy. Another one was Katrina, 9-11, the tsunami, Haiti. Huge outpouring of generosity in those situations. Christians, if, if, we, if we see that periodically in the world, we as Christians ought to be generous on every occasion. If we're going to win this world, they've got to see that generosity pour out of us. That could be generosity in leaving the parking lot that you let somebody else ahead of you. Uh, it could be generosity in so many ways, letting people ahead of you in line. It could be generosity in writing a note to somebody. It is amazing the ways that God uses uh, generosity and that aspect of generosity to touch people's lives. Let me just, so that you're clear, there are times when I find in my own life and my walk with the Lord, I am very generous. There are other times I am not. And so it is a, a, a daily battle and a constant battle. Recently, uh, my children, my grandchildren were with us and we went to lunch. And as we were eating lunch, I happened to see a, another pastor uh, here in the city and his family having lunch as well. The Lord just laid it on my heart to pay for that guy's lunch, to pay for that family's lunch. So I said to the waiter, would you let me have their ticket and don't tell them. Well, we went over on our way out, said hello to them, didn't say anything, and left. The question my grandchildren looked at me and asked was, why did you do that? That was something that wasn't in their minds. Why in the world would you do this, pay somebody else's ticket? The bottom line was it gave me an opportunity to talk about generosity. I said, God calls on us to be generous. And they, the next question was, well, why didn't you tell them and let them know that you had done this? Well, generosity is an act that comes out of the heart or the a passion out of the heart. Now, I could give you lots of examples where I wasn't generous. Matt used the scripture last time, 
where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Treasure of, and he defined it as, your treasure of time, your treasure of energy, your treasure of money, your treasure of your talent. All of those things are part of what God entrusts to us and says to us, I want you to be generous. The interesting thing about God and his generosity, and I would encourage you to take a minute and think about what is a time when God was generous with you? How did that make a difference in your life? Did it make a difference in your life? Think about that. Sometimes we have a hard time coming up with those. Uh, we read Sometimes we read the stories in the Bible and we hear about the fish and we hear about the woman at the well and we, we see those kind of things and we say, yeah, that was for that time. Or we hear a story of generosity of someone else and we say, yeah, that works for them, but that doesn't work for me. Let me give you a, an example of God being generous in this time. One of the responsibilities, I was on the staff of one of the churches here in town, and one of my responsibilities was to help people with their finances. And I had a single mom who came in, and she was struggling, and she was overspending her credit cards, and this sort of thing. And so we were working through that process. And she came in one day, and she said, I think I'm going to have to use my credit card. And I said, okay, why? I didn't say this to her, but I wanted to say, you can't because we've made arrangements with the credit card companies, etc. And she said, well, I was at the service station, and the guy says to me, your tires are awful. You need four new tires for your car. And she worked in Santa Fe, lived in Albuquerque, and she said, so I think I need to get four new tires. I said to her, do you have faith in God? Oh, yes, she said. I said, do you believe that God can be generous with you? She was slower to answer that question, but finally said yes. Then I said, do you think God can meet this need? She said, yes. I said, okay, what I want to encourage you to do is pray about it. Spend some time asking the Lord to meet this need. Don't pray for money. Pray about this need. I said, I'm a big believer in praying exactly for what you need. So I said to her, let's pray for those tires. What size are they? She said, they're black and they're round. She had no clue what size they were. So we go down and look at them, and I look at the tires, and I didn't have faith that she could make it. So I said, let's just pray for one week and ask God and give God an opportunity to meet that need. Let's pray that God is generous. Let's pray for the tires. And we, I gave her the size and the specific tires, etc. And she said, okay. She was okay with that and went away with that. Now, I prayed, she prayed. At the end of the week, I was going to come up with some plan to meet that need other than the credit card. So she's driving to work and uh, at the racetrack, about across the street from the racetrack in Santa Fe on I-25, she had a flat tire. So she pulls over and she's 
in the back and getting opening the trunk, and I had failed to check the spare. The spare was flat. She is saying, oh my. She said, Lord, this is your car. You want to have a flat tire on your car? That's okay. Send me somebody to help me fix it. Well, she was there two or three minutes, and a guy pulls up in a pickup truck behind her. He says, can I help you? What's, what's going on? And she, she says to him, you're an angel sent from God. He said, lady, if you knew me, you'd know I am no angel, and I wasn't sent from God. I came from Bernalillo. And, I, and he said, what's your problem? And he, she said, well, i got a flat tire, but I've also got a flat spare. He gave her a lecture, you know, and fussed at her. His statement to her was, lady, this is your lucky day. She said, okay, I don't believe in luck, but that's okay. She, he said, I had a man in Bernalillo that owed me some money, and he could not pay me, and so he gave me four tires mounted on rims, and they fit your car. You know what she said again? You're an angel sent from God. And he said to her, if you say that one more time, I'm not going to let you have the tire. But he mounted the four tires onto her car and said, go into town, told her where to go. He would meet her there and get his tires back. So they get there, and he said, when they got there, he says, Ma'am, I have no idea what's going on, and I have no idea why I'm about to do what I'm about to do, but I have no need for those tires. I'm going to give them to you. Then he gave her a lecture about getting a spare. But the bottom line is, God was incredibly generous. If I stood her here today, her whole message would be about the generosity of God. God could have taken the tires back, God could have given her just the one tire to get her there. But the bottom line is, because of God's generosity, he met that need. We see that kind of generosity from God. Let me talk about two or three things real quickly. One of the things about God's generosity that's interesting is he gives it to the righteous and the unrighteous. He gives it to the, the, the believers and those that don't believe. That seems strange to me. He says in, in, in uh, Luke, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting in, uh, to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Wow. He gives his best even to his enemies. When I was on staff, we dealt with a lot of folks who came to us with a need. In my heart, there were some of those that I thought, I can't seem, I don't, why would I help you? You're ungrateful. You, you want, you know, they wanted, you'd offer this and they'd want that. And it was amazing. 
And, and there were times that I struggled with that. But the bottom line is, God gave his best even to those that did not know him. God wants us to be generous with all people. It's not just other believers, that we ought to do, but generous with all people. If God had not been generous with his message of grace and his message of salvation, when I was wicked, when I was apart from him, I would have never known him. So God uses generosity to talk to us as unbelievers as well as believers. God uses generosity to establish relationships. The way we connect in relationships often is through generosity. I have found many times I am able to, through generosity, be able to uh, build a relationship with somebody. I am not nearly as good as that, at that as my wife was. My wife would go to not the shortest line at the bank or at the uh, supermarket or, or wherever she was checking out. She would go to the person that was there all the time and get to know them. She began to get to know about their families and their situations and just shared a little bit, chit-chatted while they were checking her out. She had four different people that contacted her when they had a crack in their life, when they had an issue in their life that came to her and she was able to tell them about Jesus. She had built a relationship through being generous with her time, with her conversation, with her wanting to know about them. And so generosity builds those relationships. I spend a lot of time on planes. It is amazing to me the number of people that will talk to you on a plane. First and foremost, when they ask you, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And you tell them you're a preacher. They think, oh, no. I'm sitting next to a preacher. But I sat next to a guy who was in UNM as a resident, uh, a doctor, uh, who was in his residency. And he said, you seem like a guy that won't beat me up. So he said, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. He said, I get Christmas. I don't understand Easter at all. I wanted to say, Lord, it can't be this easy. <laughs> I said, have you ever been in church? He said, three times in my life. This is a guy that's in medical school, so he's a, an adult. He said, three times in my life. My grandmother's funeral, my wedding, and the wedding of my best man. Only three times I've ever been in church. Never raised in church, don't know anything about it, so I don't get Easter. I was able to build a relationship with him by being generous with the gospel. He came to know the Lord, called me up later and said, can you come over to our house for dinner? My wife wants to know what you did to mess me up. <laughs> well, she prayed to receive Christ. And so it's that generosity that we need to have in all areas and in establishing relationships. The last dynamic is God gives his very, very best. In Psalms, it says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. It also tells us in Psalms that the gold and the silver are mine. It's all God's. 
everything we have, our education, our intellect, our abilities, our, our, our faith, everything we have comes from him. My ability to be generous comes from him. It does not come from within me. It is incredible how uh, that comes. Let me give you a thought. When he created the earth, and remember he spoke things into being, wouldn't it have been interesting when he looked over creation if he proclaimed, that'll do, or if he said, I know these people, they're going to reject me. That's enough for them. He didn't do that. What did he do? His statement was, this is exceedingly good. Jesus, God gave us examples of their incredible generosity toward us. Throughout life, in creation, while Jesus was here, all of those, the ultimate gift, and you all know what the ultimate gift was, the ultimate gift was Jesus, dying on the cross for our sins. An amazing provision for me. I was headed to hell. I don't deserve it. Yet Jesus went to the cross and died for me. When they put him on the cross, nails that were driven in his hands should have been driven in mine. The ones driven in his feet should have been driven in my feet. The crown should have been placed on my head as I am a sinner. He was perfect and he took that on for me. What an incredible act of generosity. Let me give you two or three quick examples of generosity of people in the Bible. One that you know is the widow. How much did she give? Two pennies. The Bible says she gave all that she had. Isn't it interesting that Jesus noticed the other givers that day? And the reason that we know he noticed them is because it says some gave out of their abundance, but she gave all their that she had. In my thought, if I'd have been there, you know, I said I like to put myself in that situation, I would have reached into the pot, grabbed some, and handed it to her and said, don't put any in. You need this. But he didn't take that joy of generosity away from her. He allowed her that to experience that joy that came with that, from generosity. The second gift is also given by a woman. If you remember, it was the anointing of Jesus with the expensive perfume. How much was that perfume worth? We know the widow's amount, two pennies. This gift was how much? The Bible tells us it was a year's wage. Think of your own 1040 last year. That's the amount of this gift. I'm thinking, man, why would she do this? Why were they, they this generous? First and foremost, the gift was costly. For Mary, many believe that it was her dowry. If nothing else, it was an insurance policy, for lack of another word, that would protect her if, if she didn't get married. If those perfumes were not used when you died, then they anointed your body with it. So it was a costly gift. The widow's gift was costly. 
Secondly, why did they do it? They gave it out of a heart of gratefulness. They gave it because they realized what Jesus had done for them. If you read the Matthew account of that story, you find out who gave the party that they were at. It says Simon the leper. I think it was Simon the former leper. Jesus had healed him. And so it was a a response of gratefulness. Uh, Next, it was a demonstration of faith. Jesus acknowledged that gift of faith. It was an act of worship. Remember when Judas said to Mary, why in the world did you do that? We could have sold it, given it to the poor. And what did Jesus say? Back off. That's the Gerald Farley version. Back off. What she has done today, she is preparing me for burial. She got it. It was an act of worship for her. And then finally, she left a legacy. In the Matthew passage, Jesus comments on this gift. And he says this to her. What she has done today will be a testimony of the gospel. Wherever this gospel is shared, what she has done today will be remembered. And I would have thought he would have said, because I'm about to go to the cross. He did not say that. He said, wherever this gospel is shared, what she has done today will also be in memory of her. She left an incredible legacy of generosity. Quick example, move that to today. I read about a lady, and, and so this is uh, a lady who is uh, in the last uh, year or so, who turned 38. And she was studying generosity, and this was a part of her life, and she said to her family, I tell you what I'd like. I'd like you to not buy me birthday presents, but what I'd like to do is for us as a family to see if we could not give or have 38 acts of generosity today. That's a pretty difficult task, I would think. In one day, 38 acts of generosity. They included such things as writing a note to all the teachers. All the kids wrote a note to their teacher just saying thank you. The lady bought a gift card in the line at at the grocery store and handed it to the lady behind her. They were in a city where there was a uh, uh, toll booth. Husband paid for the guy behind him in the toll booth. Um, One of the children went and raked the leaves of a lady next door. It's on and on and on. You understand the dynamic. The issue was it was an example of generosity. Her statement is, Her children will remember that forever. It was that powerful in their eyes and what they did. In a book uh, written by John uh, Bogle, the title of the book is Don't Count on Me, he tells about a story of a man and his friend who went to the home of a billionaire. And they were looking around, and the one man says to the other, what do you think about all of this opulence? Are you amazed? Are you impressed? What, what, what is all this about? What do you think about this? And the man made a comment that was an interesting comment. He said, I have something that this man will never have. Enough. Interesting thought. 
That's how we become generous, is we have enough. As we think about this, and as we move, think about generosity, we start out in, when we first come to know the Lord, is, Lord, should I give some of my stuff? Now, that's time, talent, money, it's all of that. Then we move to, Lord, how much of my stuff should I give? Then as we mature and grow in our faith, we say, Lord, how much more of my stuff should I give? As we become Christ-like, as we become all in, we get to the point of saying, Lord, how much of your stuff should I give? And then if we're like the two ladies, and this is a place that we're not, it's, it's hard for us to get there. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm not. It's a struggle. But the last question in extravagant giving is, Lord, how much of your stuff should I keep? That's the gospel. That's love. That's all of those dynamics, talent, it's, it's finances, etc. But that's the dynamic of what God is asking us to do. So on this pathway of generosity, how do we get there? Quickly, I think that we need to, again, it's time, talent, energy, money. It's all of those different things. I think the, quest, the first question, or first issue for us is sometimes, how do we do it differently? Sometimes we're overwhelmed. I pray that prayer regularly in my life. Lord, what do I need to do differently? The lady with the 38th, uh, 38th birthday challenged me as I heard about that. Um, then, some, for some, it is a matter of setting priorities. What becomes important in life, we may have to change that. And the third may be our passion. What becomes our passion? Again, where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. And so it may be about passion in our lives. In all of those, the world says, hang on to it, spend your time in this aspect, spend your time in this and so, as believers, we need to constantly ask God, help us, show us, enable us. I find that the first and foremost, the, and, and these are the prayers that, that I often will pray as I'm thinking about this, is, Lord, first and foremost, make me generous. Second, show me an opportunity. Third, let me recognize that opportunity. Fourth, let me know how to meet that opportunity and be generous in, in that situation. God tells us, talks about the abundant life and the fruits of the Spirit. The world would say the abundant life is based on things and how we spend our time, etc. The Lord says the abundant life is based on that passion for Him and how we are generous with others. There's a joy that comes in the midst of that. I want to leave you with this scripture. I am not, and it's found in 2 Corinthians. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through, though he was rich, yet for your so sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. Let's pray.
Father, we walk in your presence because you're a holy God. Father, we don't have hearts of generosity often. We need to develop those hearts. Help us. We realize that you are an incredible example to us of generosity. Jesus was generous in so many different ways. Teach us to be generous in those same ways. Father, grow us in this process. Help us to move from wherever we are to the next step. Father, develop in us a love that causes us to be generous with talent, generous with time, generous with energy, generous with our finances and money. Father, walk with us. Show us. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the way you're generous with us in the salvation that comes from Jesus. But Father, the, the ways you're generous with us in just meeting our needs in this life. Thank you. Thank you for your love. We're humbled by it. You tell us you lavish your grace upon us. Father, we acknowledge that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.